Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are going to be talking all about Star Wars Visions, uh, the collection of anime shorts that just dropped on Disney+. Plus. We're going to go through our favorites, uh, which ones we didn't like so much, get into the nitty gritty. It's going to be a really fun time. Um, But first off, you know us, we got to start with some recommendations. And Alex and I are coming at this from two wildly different perspectives. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a really rough week at work like last week and I came home and just decided I was going to rewatch all of Hill House and all of Bly Manor <laughs> and I'm not done with Bly Manor um, but like it's sad girl autumn it's time to just watch Bly Manor to feel something you know what I mean yeah yeah this is just a PSA like if, if you guys are going out to museums and stuff just be nice to the people that work there <laughs> Oh my god. Please. <laughs> god. No, we have had some wild guests the past two weeks. Just uh, please, <laughs> please be nice to people. Oh my gosh. But yeah, um, I've been reminded of Do You Want Company while you wait for your beast in the jungle. Yeah. Just. It's so good. <laughs> so, so good. But Alex, where where are you coming at us oh, with your rewatch? So, <laughs> I've also been rewatching something. I've been rewatching Bridgerton, which is like the exact opposite of Bly Manor. <laughs> um, but both Netflix shows, um, both very good. Bly Manor was last October and and Bridgerton was last December. Yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a while. Oh, um, man. So, I actually, the Bridgerton unofficial musical came out right before my birthday. And that's, I got into that instantly. It's so good. So then I was like in the mood to rewatch it. So I've been rewatching that. I'm also not done. I stopped after episode six because that's when like all the drama happens between Simon and <laughs> Daphne. And it's just like, ugh, it's dumb drama. And I'm just like, I hate I, I I don't think I really liked episode seven where they're just like not talking to each other. Yeah. It only picks up again at the end of like episode eight. Yeah. Well, I just feel like this like really captures like the Ravenclaw and the Hufflepuff energy. Yeah. <laughs> Our friend Tammy also sent me it was a picture of a t shirt. It had Lightning McQueen on it and then a dress. It was like a witch dress. And she's like, why did I think of you and Alex? Well, it was like a Cars like shirt. It was yeah. like a Hawaiian shirt, but it yeah. was like yeah. Cars themed. Yeah. I'm not really like a Hawaiian shirt kind of person, but like it was definitely a good representation of us. I'm just really glad that like Cars has become your legacy. I don't know how that happened, but it's <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I'm cool with it. I, I love cars. I, like, I've always advocated for it. And, you know, like, have told people it's not as bad as the rep it gets. It's really not. It's, it's like a, a mid-range Pixar movie. Yeah. It's in the middle. Like, the only one we didn't have fun watching was the last one. But even, like, that's so bizarre, because I remember seeing the last one in theaters and being like, oh, this is the best one. Right, yeah. And then on the rewatch, it was just like, 
whatever. Yeah. Whereas Cars Maybe there's two, too much her army hammer in it. Maybe that's what it was. I was just like, mm. oh, this is true. He yeah. tainted it. Mm. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move into the news. Um, basically, right after we dropped our last episode, we got a ton of High Republic news, which seems to be the case always. We always, yes. that always happens to us. We always get High Republic news right after. So yeah. watch us, like, we're gonna get new news on Tuesday, today. When oh, yeah. listening like, to this. We were just talking about, like, oh, when does Bo- Book of Boba-, Boba Fett come out? Like, totally forgot about that. We're probably going to get, like, a trailer or something. <laughs> yeah, I, like, it's weird because there's that Disney Plus press. It's, like, Disney Plus Day or something. It's called, mm. that's in November. And they did it last year also. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're going to hold off until then to do the whole Boba Fett treatment. Like, they'll drop big trailer they'll give us the date like a lot of stuff at once i feel like it's kind of weird that they haven't been pushing it at all yet yeah and new york comic-con from what i understand does not have star wars panels yeah that just seems kind of strange yeah but i don't know star wars has been pretty quiet other than visions um and which also might be a reason why they haven't done anything, because they wanted to push Visions. Oh, for sure. So tell us a little bit about what we got with this Higher Public News. So we got covers, and they are beautiful. And it seems like they're from the same artist as previously. So the middle grade book art is from the same artist as all the other middle grades. Same for YA, and then same for adult. Like usual... The I think the YA covers are the most interesting ones. Yeah, I really like that YA cover. Because it's, um, so the YA book is going to be by Daniel Jose Older. Um, it's Midnight Horizon. And it has who I am pretty positive is Wreath and oh, Master Kovac. Yeah. yeah, for sure. In their hoods. Like, so like, I think the adult covers are kind of like the least interesting ones. They don't really give that much away. They're usually just like the Jedi, the adult Jedis just like standing really stoically with their lightsabers. In this one specifically, it does look like that they're on Starlight Beacon and the windows are starting to crack. So there's, that's like the only hint to any plot on the cover, I think. And... We only have Stellan of our trio on that cover. Yeah, we do. I guess maybe that means that this is like a Stellan, like this is Stellan's phase maybe is how, like that's how it could be interpreted as. And like the next wave will be Elzar or like something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, very surprised with Elzar not being on that cover. Like, where is he? Yeah, well, especially because, like, (laughs) Avar was front and center on the first one, and then Stellan, and then Stellan again. Yeah, well, Elzar was on the cover of The Rising Storm. Yeah, but it was, like, Stellan was, like, middle, right in the center. Yeah, so where is our baby boy? (laughs) Where is he? Turning to the dark side. That's where he is. You think? I don't don't know. I... I don't know. The only thing that I am certain of is that Claudia Gray will break us. Oh, yeah. 
This book is gonna be insane. You thought rising storm hurt? Look out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is gonna hurt really bad. And then we get like Midnight Horizon, like they've done for the last few rounds. The YA book comes out like a month later. Mm-hmm. That's like a pattern. And typically, the YA book also takes place a month later, like, in the timeline. Chronologically, it usually takes place after whatever the big event that happens in the adult book and in the middle grade book. That's so... That's so weird this time, though, because, like, when you think about, you know, phase one, it started with Light of the Jedi. Yeah. And so, in my mind, I was kind of always thinking that, like, the bookends would be the adult novel. So, like, this, like wave or this phase would end with the fallen star but since the release schedule is the same well i think we're like we're gonna go into phase two like following the same pattern like six months apart yeah but like do you think it's gonna be like a clean like really obvious transition or do you think that it's going to be like how we had phase one and it just kind of follows each other i think that it's still i i don't know how to answer that question because i think it's going to be a bit of both and like that's like a cop-out to the answer i guess but (laughs) i i do still think it's going to be left on this like kind of dark cliffhanger kind of thing Mm -hmm. I, i do even though I think it'll feel like a natural end to the phase. It'll still be like, well, there's more story to be told. Right. Like, you know how, like, Revenge of the Sith ends? Yes. Kind of like that. The best ending. That, like, you can't watch Revenge of the Sith and not be like, well, where is this going now? Yeah. Well, because, like, Revenge of the Sith, like, is so obviously, like, not the end and they do that so well yeah but it is like a conclusion to that like if you if you think about the trilogy as phases yes it is a very obvious ending even though like it's dark and like you're like obviously this isn't the end to this story Mm -hmm. it's gonna go on i think it's gonna be like that (laughs) okay i think this is gonna be our revenge of the sith moment well, I, I really like that answer because that's, like, exactly what I was wondering because I'm like, is this going to feel more like a nine-book series or will it feel like three trilogies like the movies do? Um, and I, I like that. I like that it, you know, it it, it could be our, our Revenge of the Sith. It certainly yeah, could. I really, yeah. I it think certainly could. I think, I think that's where we're going. I think it's very intriguing when you think mm. about it from that aspect that we could go, we could be in the like prequel trilogy of the High, High Republic right now. Interesting to think that we're seeing the story be told chronologically and not like George Lucas told his trilogy. So that is really interesting. Yeah, it is very, yeah. very interesting. It's like, well, this is kind of like what. It would be feeling like if George told the prequel trilogy first. Yeah. That does make me wonder, though, like, in the next phase, if, like, yes, we're going to keep going forward chronologically, but Mm -hmm. you know how we get, like, these little pockets of books, you know, like, the YA might kind of do its own thing, or, like, you get Edge of Balance or whatever, like, 
who's to say that we or like even um i have the storm which we're going to be getting like who's to say that we're not going to get a book in the next phase that like takes that step back and says okay, all right let's well, go back like, in time and do pa- you, padawans in the temple <laughs> i was gonna say you know i want the padawan book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's kind of like master and apprentice like the padawan book would be like the master and apprentice yeah of well yeah it makes <sighs> sense like Whenever you go backwards in time, it's for, like, a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because you've you've gotten so much information now that it's time to go back and, like, give you some extra contacts for that information. Mm-hmm. And so they could totally do something like that in, like, phase two. Yeah. You never know. I just, I wonder who our Anakin is... I like to be honest. I think there's so That's many still, characters. Like, so up in the air. There are so many characters that could be our Anakin. There really there are so they're many. All there are so, so many. Anakin. <laughs> ah. Oh like, my he, god! He, like naturally, you'll say like Elzar, but then I'm like Vernestra. I don't I know. feel like Vernestra. And, like, this feels like a cop out answer. Like she's kind of like an Ahsoka, but like that feels too obvious. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, she's on the cover of Mission to Disaster, which is Justina. I really like that Justina, like, her through line really is Vernestra. Yeah. I think they each have their child. Yes. And Wreath is Claudia's child. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, but do you think Wreath is going to be in Fallen Star? Like, if he is, it'll be, like, a can Like, he'll just, like, be in a few scenes and he won't be a main character. True. Yeah. Like, he could show up. He could, he could show, show up. Like, I think there's a good chance that he could because it looks like his book is going to be Midnight Horizon, right? And in the past, YA books take place, like, a month later. So, like, what is he doing during the Fallen Star? Like, I don't know, but it looks, that. it looks like it's going to mess him up because they look... Yeah. Dark. <laughs> yeah, like, Midnight Sun, I mean, oh my god, Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun. <laughs> Midnight Sun. Yeah, Edward, Edward's gonna tell Edward's the story. Edward's in Star Wars. Or he's gonna tell his point of view of yeah. the High Republic. <laughs> um, Midnight Horizon is gonna be, like, the, after the downfall of whatever happens. It's going to be, like, the, like, almost, like, the, I don't want to make the comparison because it's from Vader's perspective, but, like, the comics that take place, like, after Event of the Sith. Yeah. But I think, like, Reef and, and Konak, like, man, I feel like they're going to be investigating shit. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's going to be a lot of rebuilding, and I think, you know, like, we were talking about who's everybody's baby, I, I think... Keeve from the comics is Cab's baby. And I wonder, yeah, because he said, um, they were talking to him on Twitter and he said that he knows her ending. Like he has like plotted her entire story. And I'm like, they're smart and they plan, they plan. Of course he knows. I I bet you a lot of them know all of, like, I wonder if she's gonna like, make that transition. I I almost feel like her story is bigger than we think it is because like because she's the comic character, nobody really thinks about her, but like 
I don't know, some things are happening to her. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm wondering. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. And I love that. I love that, like, we know that these authors are so in-depth with it. Like, Charles Soule just posted that it's been three years since they went to Skywalker Ranch. That's crazy. That's crazy. And, like, we've we've kind of, like, had the High Republic, like, all through the pandemic kind of. Like, it's, like, been, like, there. It's been there for us through hard times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, and we also, with all of these beautiful covers, we did get some more concrete dates for things. Um, So Fallen Star um, and Mission to Disaster, like um, the beginning of this year, will be coming out January 4th. And then um, the next day we'll get the next issue of the comic, um, which will be Marvel comic number 13. I think right now we're on, I think 10 is just about to come out because they're they're monthly. Um, and then the next month in February 1st, we'll get Midnight Horizon. Um, we will also get the next Edge of Balance that um, same month, uh, which will also be by Daniel Jose Older. And then they didn't give us a date for Eye of the Storm, but we did get that cover as well. And Marky Mark. Oh my God. This is the hot, this is the hot cover. It's the hot This is like (laughs) Star Wars, like sexy. (laughs) You did the Debbie Ryan. I know I did the Debbie Ryan and we're an audio podcast and no one saw me do it, but. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, he's in the rain, wet, hair billowing, titties out. Like my god. They pulled out all the stops. Like it's very reminiscent of what Ben Solo in yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Well, like, so this tells me, like He's they a good boy. Us, well, they want us to thirst after him. Yeah. Like they made him a thirst trap. I just mm-hmm. uh, Charles Soul, I have some questions. Does this mean that he's Charles's baby? He could be, yeah. He could, he could be, because he wasn't in, you know, uh, I was going to say Empire of Storms, The Rising Storm. <laughs> Empire of Storms. <laughs> so many book titles. <laughs> um, so that's, that is something, that's something to think about in there. Okay, but moving on from that, let's talk about Star Wars Visions. So we've mm-hmm. got nine episodes, um, all ranging from like, I don't know, like, 10, 15 minutes to, like, one's, like, almost 30 minutes. Um, What is your overall thoughts? It's amazing. Beautiful and, like, different. Star Wars should have done this a long time ago. The great thing about it is it's inspired by what first inspired Star Wars, like, Japanese films, like, Japanese imagery. Like, George Lucas was inspired by that. So for them to, like, kind of like, go back and, you know, like, pay homage to that. Like, that's so due. Like, I'm so excited that they did this. I, like, I mean, I'm an animator, but I didn't grow up watching a lot of anime. Like, my knowledge, my extent of knowledge of anime is, like, Studio Ghibli. Like, I haven't really watched TV shows or anything. Um, But some of these... Some of these shorts looked as beautiful as studio, like Studio Ghibli stuff. Mm-hmm. They, I, I think they put a lot of money into this. 
I I think so too. And you can tell that like especially from like the studios that they pulled in for this um cuz along with the episodes that dropped there are some behind the scenes episodes as well. And you can hear like the admiration that these Lucasfilm people have for these animation studios. Um, yeah. So I think that they really wanted it to be, like, if they were going to do Star Wars, like, anime, they wanted it to be, like, the best it could be. Yeah, totally. They did not, they spared no expense. They <laughs> went all the way. Man, like, some of these shorts, I just couldn't stop looking at the backgrounds. And, like, to be honest, I think... I missed out on some of the story beats in some of these shorts because I was so overwhelmed by, like, how beautiful it looked. Mm -hmm. Like, by the animation, the backgrounds, um, how much each of these shorts looked different from each other was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I, for me, like, it felt so, like, full circle. Like you said, because, like, this is how Star Wars started. Mm -hmm. And to listen to these directors and these creators talk about how they got their ideas, it's like, well, we pulled from what Star Wars pulled from. And that was so fascinating. And I love that every single one of these went into it with, like, a genuine love for Star Wars. Like, you can see that. But then they were like, but what if Star Wars was told this way? Or what if this thing happened? Or, like, what if you took this Star Wars uni- universe and, you know, changed the timeline around? Like, they play with it so much. And we were talking before this started. Like, it it is kind of like um, the Star Wars version of what if for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with Marvel, they're playing with the comics and they play a little bit closer to, like, the canon and the characters. And this is very far outside of that. But it's still playing with, like the fact that Star Wars is such a huge timeline and it crosses so many different things that you could make it, like, even more than what it is today. Yeah. And that was really cool to see. Like, it's cool to, to, like, give other people, like, the room to play in the sandbox. Absolutely. I, like, I kind of wish that they they weren't like, oh, this isn't canon. Like, I think that's kind of dumb. I think that any of any of these things could be in canon and it wouldn't affect the current story. Because some of these, I have no idea where they take place in the timeline also. Mm-hmm. Well, I pulled up um, the Wikipedia for Star Wars Visions because it gives some descriptions. They are full descriptions. They're kind of spoilery. But it does mention when things take place and whether it's like an alternate history or, you know, like... It's a timeline where the Sith never rose or, like, stuff like that. Um, And because of that, I feel like with a little bit of tweaking, you could make these canon. Well, yeah, especially with the High Republic taking place, like, hundreds of years before the prequel trilogy. Like, you you can easily put these stories in places in the timeline far enough away that it won't affect anything. Mm -hmm. This is skipping ahead a little bit, but, like, um, for Lop and Ocho, the creator talked about how when he was making Lop, he wanted to know if there was already a space rabbit, and obviously we have Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, like, read up on that species and, like, made it, you know, like, 
she could totally be part of the universe. And so I feel like, you know, that one is extremely close to canon. Like, that could have happened on a planet that we just didn't see. All right, so should we run through all of these, or do you want to go ahead and reveal which ones are our favorites and kind of start from there? I think we should do one at a time and and reveal if it's one of our favorites as we're talking about it. Let's do that. So our first episode is called The Duel, and this is the one that is getting a book adaptation that will be coming out on October 12th. And that'll be by Emma Mako Candon. Mm-hmm. Coming out very soon. I think this episode was beautiful. It looks different than any of the other episodes. and It's in black and white, although some effects are in color. Um, especially, like, the crackling of lightsabers and then, like, effects. Like, electricity effects on, like, droids and stuff. Um, and I think it's a really nice touch that they did that. And they, they even have the timing of the animation isn't something you're necessarily used to seeing in, like, North American style animation. It's, um, I saw some people criticize this episode for being, like, too choppy. But it's just a different timing style of animation that Disney and Pixar and DreamWorks don't really do it. So just because... It doesn't look like what you're used to. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just they were animating on like threes and fours and sixes. So it just gives a different feel. Yeah, I, I agree with that because you sent me that criticism about it. And I was like, that's how it's supposed to feel, though. Yeah. Like, it. they did it for a reason, mm-hmm. you know? Like, everything with Ronan feels really intentional. I really like that... And I like I don't want to compare all of these to Studio Ghibli, but I also that's most of my experience. I've seen a couple of Western animes, but this one reminds me a lot of like a Princess Mononoke feel because it is so dark. Yeah, um, especially the um, the leader of the Raiders, the Sith Lady. She reminds me so much of the woman in Princess Mononoke. And I was like, that, it was so, so cool to see. I really liked that. I, I got like, I haven't actually seen Princess Mononoke. Um, I know I should. I really should. Um, I, I watched it when I was like sick and it's really long, but like, it, it really is worth the hype. I, okay. I, it took me forever to watch it, but I was like, it really is worth the hype. Um, it kind of reminded me of like Robin Hood coming into yeah. the town and like demanding like taxes. That kind of, that's what I thought of right off the bat. So it was bandits who came into the town that um, wanted the villagers to pay their taxes. And, like, at first I was kind of confused because I was like, are, are these people supposed to be the Empire? I wasn't sure, like, how much of a, like, different kind of world we were, were living in in Ronin. Mm-hmm. So um, the description for this, it says it's set in an alternate history 20 years after the fall of the feudal Jedi Empire. I got a little bit more about who this guy is and like what's going on like from the description for the book. Um, because it says that the Jedi are the most loyal servants of the Empire. Um, and that the Jedi clans clashed in service to feuding lords, um, sickened by this endless cycle of select. A sect of Jedi rebelled, 
seeking to control their own destiny, claim power, um, and they became the Sith. The Sith Rebellion failed. Um, they succumbed to infighting and betrayal. Far on the Outer Rim, one former Sith wanders, accompanied by a faithful droid who wears a hat, um, mm-hmm. and the ghost of a less civilized age. He carries a lightsaber but clans no lineage to no Jedi clan and pledges allegiance to no lord. Um, little is known about him, including his name, um, for he never speaks of his past nor his regrets. So he just kind of becomes an outlaw, like, after. Exactly, yeah. So he basically is, like, taking it on himself, which is what I think we get from this um, this short, that he is, like, hunting down these other Sith, and he, like, claims their kyber crystal, yeah. which is really interesting. It makes me really want to learn a lot more about him. Yeah, I think we will in the book. <laughs> I think we will. I'm, I'm very excited for the book after seeing this short. Um, it's very different for Star Wars, but it also feels like so like roots of Star Wars. And I really like that. Yeah, we're definitely going back to like the DNA of Star Wars. They're really like this book and this short are like completely doing away with nostalgia, but also at the same time going back and building a story from where we started. Yes, which I think is exactly what star wars needs and that's kind of like what high republic is doing like it's like let's get away from the nostalgia that's built up over these like 40 years and go back to like what star wars Mm -hmm. started as and like really explore that and i like i i'm just so glad that they're doing that yeah and i think it's funny because then we go into the next short and it is nostalgic yeah (laughs) but like i would say that it's it's prequels nostalgic. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. It's, it's so, um, even though, like, it is, it is like, Return of the Jedi nostalgic. Because it's got Boba Fett and, like, Jabba and the executions. But, like, seeing the pod racing um, yeah. stadium, I was like, this is so Phantom Menace. And, like, the main character is so Phantom Menace, like, little Anakin. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. Yeah, I like I have to say like the animation style in Tatooine Rhapsody, it's very to me, like someone who doesn't watch a lot of anime, the style of animation looked very like mainstream anime. Like it like we went from the the duel that looked like really cool and different, and then we went back we we go to Tatooine Rhapsody and the animation looks very standard anime. Mm-hmm. I like that the whole premise of this is basically that they... <laughs> so, this takes place during the Clone Wars, actually. Um, the Jedi Padawan, Jay, escapes, and he meets a hut named G, and G's like, I'll take you in if you join my rock band. <laughs> and years later, during the reign of the Galactic Empire, um, the hut cartel hunts down G and was like, we're going to take you back. And basically to save him, they perform at the execution and the crowd loves it so much <laughs> that Jabba lets him go and was like, all right, we're going to sponsor you instead. They rocked so well. <laughs> they rocked so hard. Um, and like the pet, it's just like funny, like it almost, it's almost like a kid runs away from his like orphanage <laughs> kind of story and joins a band. Like... <laughs> 
Get, gives me that feel. And they, and they even, like, who wrote this song? Like, they even get a whole song. I do like the song. I, it's so pop punk. It, it's so, like, Blink-182. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, it was cute. It was very cute. I was really skeptical when it started, but then by the end, I was like, yeah, I want to be at this concert at the pod we, racing like, stadium. And Boba Fett looks, like, so adorable in this. Like, do you agree? Like, the, the, I think they... He was I'm so trying smooth. To remember. Well, I was going to say, I'm trying to remember what he looks like, and I think all his edges were really, like, rounded, and he was, like, yeah. less, like, angular, and he seemed, like, really short. Like... He was a lot smaller. Like, he seemed he real... He was small. Like, squishy. Like, I liked... I liked... <laughs> <laughs> kind of, I think... <laughs> Kind of keeping with that, though, um, with this kind of, like, fun anime style, because Tatooine Rhapsody reminds me a lot of, like, um, I used to watch, like, the Pokemon anime series, and it it has, like, that kind of similar vibe. I would say the twins is, like, that bombastic, fun, high-energy type of animated story. Yeah, totally. Um, The twins was dark <laughs> but like Kare baby baby boy Neil Patrick Harris everybody but also like Alison Breeze Bree plays his sister like, absolutely Alison amazing Bree, so like I don't think you've watched Glow no but Glow still. is very good and she's she's the main actress in Glow and she brings some of the energy from that show to this role because her character Though she's the main character, she's very flawed, like, and and at times she can feel like the villain in the series, too. Mm-hmm. So I really liked how she just went, like, all out with her character from Glow, but, like, e- way, way eviler. Yeah. So it's, like, something I didn't know about this until I saw, like, on Twitter and then, like, when I was looking up for this is that this is post-Tross- um, yeah. It's in the aftermath of, like, the Empire's defeat. This is a military remnant. Um, these twins were created using Sith alchemy. Um, <laughs> and they're trained in the dark side. Um, but I think it was really interesting to see, like, this was basically, like, a play on what if Luke and Leia were raised by Darth Vader? Yeah, it was totally a, a Luke and Leia AU, but, like, very weird that it takes place in that timeline. It intrigues me, though, because, like, clearly nothing is solved at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> well, and I like at the end of this one, Kare is, like, so determined. He's like, yeah, I'm going to save my sister. Like, I... I immediately was like I really like their relationship I like where this is going Mm -hmm. and I would like I'd like to see more I think it'd be really cool and it was just so pretty and like so fun the colors the like that art design in this short just like especially the effects and the way that they use light like Mm -hmm. in space because like space is so dark and then like the way they brought in like almost like highlighter colors into this Mm-hmm. I would love if this was, like, their next, like, animated show style. That'd be so interesting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I almost think that some of these styles are, like, way too expensive for them to do in, like, a normal kind of yeah. setting. <laughs> but 
It would be really cool. So, Alex, what do you want to reveal about the twins? Oh, the twins was one of my favorites. Yeah, um, it ranked... um, I don't know, like, where I would put it in my ranking. I just kind of wrote down all my favorites. It was... Mm -hmm. Visually is why I think I ranked it so high. I also, like... Love Kare. <laughs> and I really love crazy Alison Brie. I think she, like, really put everything into the voice acting. She is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want to add one other thing. So, like, you said you didn't get Dark Crystal vibes. But yeah. there's a scene where they, like, crack this kyber crystal. And I think mm-hmm. it's the fact that there's one small piece that breaks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's like the crystal that's lost. And then if they reunite, it'll be like the twins coming together and it'll save, you know, save Thra, save the song. The the sin. The original sin. (laughs) The original sin was it cracking and now the twins are separated. Full circle. (laughs) So the next episode, I think I can safely say is a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of my favorites. It's one of your favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. The Village Bride. It was really sad. But Christopher Sean's in it. He is! I freaked out. I had the, um, the cast list open while I was watching this so I could, if I couldn't un- hear the voice, like, I could match who it was. And the second I was like, I saw Christopher Sean's name, I'm like, oh, he's Azu. Like, who is that? And then I started watching and I listened and I'm like, he's the groom? <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh. Of course he's the groom. Of course he's the groom. And then there's like a flashback to their younger selves, and it's his Kaz voice. His little baby boy voice. His little baby voice. And Nicole Sakura got to play Haru, the bride, and she's Mm -hmm. from Superstore. And I'm like a really, really big Superstore fan. She is um, one of, she's so funny. Like this actress is. Her, her comedic timing, like, I know, like, this was a really, like, sad short, and there was, like, not that much comedy, but her comedic timing is amazing, and she's also in Until Dawn. She has been in a lot of cool stuff. So, people watch Superstore, because she's really funny. Yeah, I I was so invested in this whole short. Like, it it's so beautiful, and I, I did watch the behind-the-scenes for this one, and they talk about how... They wanted to show this, like, deep connection with nature. Um, it's very reminiscent of all the, the traditions for the people who live in the mountains of Japan. And they even say that Haru and Azu, who's our um, bride and groom in this, have a really powerful forest connection because they feel it through this nature. But, like, they're not force users in the way that, like, our primary force user in this episode, K is. That's interesting right like, would you say that they have a connection to each other or to like the earth like what like so it's their connection to like the earth and like their planet but i would say that like when you're that in tune i would imagine that you're also very in tune with the people who live there um mm-hmm. and i really like that because i feel like this village um felt very connected like with each other mm-hmm. and it was it was really beautiful yeah i love that that and the animation in this one was so good mm-hmm. the backgrounds especially i remember like salivating over the backgrounds it's so nice yes 
I really like, so this one takes place after the great Jedi purge. Um, the Jedi in this, her name is F. Um, she's drawn to a remote planet by an explorer named Valko um, because there are bandits that are, um, they've reprogrammed separatist battle droids and they're holding this village hostage. But it's really beautiful because they observe it from the outside and you see that even though this village is being held hostage, like, there's still a wedding. And, like, a celebration. Yeah, they're still celebrating life. Yeah, and, like, Haru's sister is, like, I don't want to mourn at a wedding at one point she says that. And she, it like, it's such a, like, weird emotion, like, this wedding. Because, like, Haru and Azu are, like, happy, but there's this, like, sadness in the happy. Like, there's this, like, very, like... I wish I wish Star Wars did this more often, <laughs> but in like a better way, like because they do like they hurt us all the time. But like this specific emotion, yeah. I so this it's in Lap and Ocho in the behind the scenes. They mention um, the theme of wabi sabi, and it's incomplete or lacking something. Calm, lonesome, melancholy but also harmony and fate. And I I think that's what the village bride is too. Mhm. Are were were those two shorts the same studio? Um no, they weren't. Okay. They were different studios. But I feel like that is a theme in Star Wars. We just don't ever see them capitalize on it very much. Um, and, like, we were just talking about, like, Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's sad, but it also feels, like, deeper than that. Like, it's a really deep, complex feeling. Yeah. But, like, for me, Revenge of the Sith's sad feeling is almost, it's in the foreshadowing of everything. Mm-hmm. That's where, like, the doom and, like, the sadness comes from. It's, like, the foreshadowing of the downfall and of Padme's death. And I think in the village bride, it's not so much that like they're like they know what's going to happen. It's not so much foreshadowing. It's just this like melancholic like feeling the entire short. Mm-hmm. It made the ending feel really exciting, like to mm-hmm. see F come in and save them. Like yeah, with her little shoe thing. Yeah. <laughs> what so, is that? Somebody the shoe else thing. mentioned. There's so many high heels. In oh, all yeah. of these, like that was amazing. I love uh, F's whole design was so cool. Yeah, I'd love to know more about her. Like that was just so interesting. So from there, we move into the ninth Jedi, which is our fifth episode. I really liked this one. This one's one of my favorites. Yeah, I watched the behind the scenes on it, and it totally makes sense. They said that originally this was two different ideas. This idea of the these masterless Jedi. Um, search like trying to rebuild the order trying to come back together and then this idea of a saber blacksmith who wasn't a force user and he wasn't a jedi and they brought these two ideas together um with like these jedi meeting on this mysterious station they were brought there by this like mysterious figure um they're there for lightsabers and this like sabersmith is finishing up his sabers he gives one to his daughter um, who's played by um, Kamiko Glenn. It's Penny Parker. 
Oh, I I think of waitress when I think of her. Oh, okay. She's yeah. She's she's in waitress in the um original cast um recording of it. That's what I think of. But you're right. She is that's awesome. Penny Parker. She's a very good singer. She's a very very good singer. And I want them to do a Star Wars musical with her because that would be so good. You could use this entire cast and do a Star Wars musical, let's be honest. Um, but I really like her because, like, the whole idea with these sabers is that he builds them. And when you ignite it, its color and length conforms to the user. So when she ignites it, it doesn't really have a color. It doesn't really have, like, a specific length. So you can tell that, like, she's still learning and she's still, like, coming into herself. And you'll see it, like, take its final form by the end. But, like, the twist is, is that when she takes these sabers up there and these these Jedi grab them and ignite them, they all turn red. Because they're all Sith and they're all here to kill the mm-hmm. Jedi that, like, led them there. And I was so fascinated by this. And I would so love to see, like, this idea fully fleshed out yes oh yeah and like i think the like a whole like hunting for your kyber crystal and the clone wars is really interesting but i think this is cool it's like a mood ring yes well and it you know it plays into that idea of like bleeding your crystal and it being so in tune with you like you ignite it and it knows it knows you like it it sees into you yeah, and, like, how it changes with you as you grow up. Yeah, that's I, – I love that idea. I I like that a lot more than, like – you know, there was also an idea um, in, like, the expanded universe where it's, like, you found a purple crystal, so it was purple, you know, like, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and it's just – it was really, really interesting to me. I'd love to see them introduce that more into canon. And it also gave me some Jedi Fallen Order vibes – of yeah. these Jedi trying to, like, come back together, um, but, like, make it Studio Ghibli. And that was really cool. So, next one is T-Zero-B-1. Toby, this was one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites just because Toby is, like, so cute. Yeah. Like, he's, like, literally the cutest character. And it's very, like, Pinocchio in space. It, it is very Pinocchio. He just, like, wants to be a Jedi, and he's just a droid. Little boy. <laughs> he is. He's very baby. I The thing I did like about this episode was they're terraforming planets. Like, they're bringing them back to life. And I thought that was really beautiful. Because in... Yeah. In Star Wars, we see them destroy a lot of planets. Um, oh, yeah. Like, what the Empire does to places... So I liked the idea of bringing it back. Yeah, we're the environmentalists in Star Wars. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I It's so fascinating. Like, I love just checking in with, like, a little small scientist. Like, yeah, I'm just doing some soil samples. You know, I just think that was so cute. Hopefully they don't come across Drangir. <laughs> oh, God. Reseed that whole planet. Okay, so our next episode is called The Elder... And there's somebody very special in this episode. Jordan Fisher. <laughs> I I mean, I think we've talked about this. I love Jordan Fisher. We both love Jordan Fisher. He is like the quintessential male wife. 
He really is. He invented the term male wife. His character also, like, looks just like him, too. Like, they designed it to just look like Jordan. And he's a Padawan, and he has his little Padawan braid. And I, like, I would love to see Jordan cosplay as his character. Oh, you know he Wouldn't will. Wouldn't that be cute for he, Halloween? He you think will. he'll do it for Halloween this year? I mean, he's already got braids in. I wonder if it's, like, long gaming, his Padawan braid. <laughs> yeah, the thing that's interesting about the setup with this one, which I didn't know, um, is that it's actually after the death of Darth Bane and the initial extinction of the Sith. Whoa. So they find this old, old Sith after Darth Bane is gone? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And David Arbor's in this, and he's really good. Yeah, I know. I didn't even recognize him at first, and then when I saw that, I could hear it. And I'm like, man, yeah. he's a good like gruff old man voice actor (laughs) (laughs) so this one is one of your favorites yeah i i mean part of it was probably because of jordan fisher but i do i did find the sith character really compelling and the theme that like the theme that was like kind of throughout this episode of like kind of like life energy like, mm-hmm. force energy of, like, David David Arbor's character, like, you know, saying, like, I'm getting weaker, and to, to the Padawan, to Jordan's character, saying, like, you're going to continue to get s- stronger, more powerful, and it's, like, this exchange of energy, almost, mm-hmm. the way they, the, they tell it, um, and I think that's really intriguing, um, and, like, I kind of wish that that was explored a little bit more in depth than canon, because... You could kind of, like, see it with Luke in The Last Jedi when he goes, it's, that's his final step out where he's, like, not as powerful as he used to be. And Rey continues her journey to become more powerful, have more more cosmic force energy kind of thing. That's really interesting. I didn't even think about that when I was watching this episode. Um, I got a little blinded by rage when I thought they killed Jordan Fisher. Um, (laughs) But that's so interesting because that sounds like the Sith rule of two. Totally. Like, just in, like, a positive, like, life cycle type of way. Yeah. Well, it's, like, also, like, the transfer of life, like, Rey and Kylo. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's such an interesting idea and it's like this is why something like visions is so great cuz it gives them the space to explore that type of stuff. And they explore it in a different context and like from a different cultural point of view, which gives it totally a different spin, something that North American audiences aren't necessarily used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Because these shorts are inspired by Japanese culture. Yeah. Well, and, like, it's talked about a lot. Um, I know, like, What the Force, like, talked about it all the time. Um, Like, the American monomyth and all of that. Yeah. You know, like, these are all really entrenched in Japanese culture and Japanese history. So, like, you're not seeing that Western idea. And I think that's something that Star Wars has forgotten. That, like, yes, it was created in the West, but it was based in Eastern tradition. Yeah, I don't think any of these were the hero's journey. No. And it's refreshing to see them step away from that. Yeah, it was very, very refreshing. (laughs) 
So the next one, Lapin Ocho, which I feel like I keep bringing up. I really like Lapin Ocho. I wasn't expecting to because it the main character is a rabbit. And I'm like, that's weird. I don't know about this. But so this is the one that has the girl from To All the Boys I've Loved Before, um, the little sister. She voices Lop. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I just clicked on her Wikipedia and she's from Canada. Amazing. Amazing, and now she's a space bunny. That's so that's so cute. Oh, she was in Descendants too, also. I know she plays um, she plays the third stepsister. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wrote in the notes. Now this is Star Wars. The it just felt so Star Warsy. Like it's the Empire coming in and taking over, and some of the people, including Ocho, believe that. They were gonna help them, like best for the people to just go along with this. Exactly. Yeah. And then you see the other side where it's like, no, they're taking away our traditions, they're taking away our way of life, and that was such a beautiful thing to see. It reminded me a lot of how we see Jedha in Rogue One, Mm -hmm. and I just like, I really was into that. Um, And like I said, this one was specifically that theme of Wabi Sabi because it ends on such a weird note. Like, the the creator even says, he's like, it's not really a happy ending, but, like, he believes and his intention was that for the audience to see that eventually the sisters will reconcile, just not okay. yet. Interesting. That's, like, I I like that a lot of these stories kind of leave it up to our interpretation of, like, what would happen next. And it's, like, almost, like, inviting you in to tell the story and to, like, write fan fiction about it or make fan art. Like, it's very cool. I love that. That's such an interesting, like, thing that they've put in here. It's, like, they're not trying to hold your hand. They're not trying to say, like, this is the way that the story is told. They're, like, this is the way we're telling it and the way we interpreted it. But, you know, it's kind of you like we everybody's gonna have a different experience and like everybody's gonna interpret it differently and they're basically like allowing you to do that the other cool thing about this one is that all of the backgrounds are hand painted man it's and is it is it hand painted like traditionally or on the computer i think it was on the computer because okay. um the images that they showed um it was them drawing on the computer oh okay yeah, yeah. i haven't watched the I, I should watch the behind the scenes for that. i haven't watched all the behind the scenes i just watched the the ones i really mm-hmm. liked <laughs> probably all the 2d ones would have been hand drawn on the computer because i work in 2d animation we we still like the the layout artists still draw by hand Mm -hmm. that adds such another layer to it Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like back with the original films you know the practical effects you know or or (laughs) that kind of thing um it's just so so beautiful all right so that brings us to our last short and this is akakari this is with henry golding which is with henry golding um his voice I just want to say, though, like, that I'm so happy that there is a line of communication between Henry Golding and Lucasfilm now. (laughs) Like, we are aware that there is a line of communication there. And, like, I'm not saying that he needs to be in Star Wars. Like, he could show up in Indiana Jones. Like, they're just... He is wonderful. 
Okay, but, like, his character in this, like, if he's in Star Wars, like, this is what I want from Henry Golding. Mm. (laughs) I know, and you don't even see him in this. It's animation. Yeah, but the character was still, I was like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I just, like, I'm so, I get so distracted by his voice and the way he looks. I just, like, you know that TikTok trend where it's, like. The wildest dreams. Wildest dreams, and you're just, like drooling on the couch like that is like me with henry golding the first time i watched crazy rich asians that was me yeah no 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 like they literally they they have this episode it's a princess in exile a jedi they have a history they were in love and they go back and there's dark side and like falling to the dark side and they were like henry golding you're the man for this one and i love him for that (laughs) Um, I, I, this is also one of my favorites. Um, I loved seeing, he's like an Anakin character. He's been having this vision of killing somebody over and over and over again. He comes across, um, Lady Misa, who's an old friend of his, and he's going to help her take back her kingdom from the Sith. Uh, and unfortunately his vision comes true and he does accidentally kill her. And then he falls to the dark side in order to bring her back. And I just... Don't you wish that that would have been The Rise of Skywalker? That, yeah. like, Ben <laughs> dies. Ben dies and Ray has... To, like, I mean, like, that... I mean, that's actually the story I wanted. Like, after Tross is that Ray falls to the dark side to find him. <sighs> like, this is the end of the sequel trilogy right here. Yeah, no, Exactly. And so the title of this um, Akakari means red haze. Um, the director of this um, is a woman. Uh, she's like girl boss to the max. Like if you're going to watch any <laughs> behind the scenes, watch the behind the scenes for this one, uh, which Caitlin Plesher from Sky Talkers was the one who's like, she's the ultimate girl boss. Like, please go and watch this. <laughs> um, she said that they chose that name because it's like this constant dark haze that's around um our jedi which is um subaki that's who henry golding is and it's this constant like it's always with him like is he gonna fall to the dark side what's going on and i'm like that's so anakin like oh my god i just i love that that's so great i was just wondering is this like the highest rated star wars content ever made I'm just, like, I'm going to Rotten Tomatoes, 95%. Wow. Oh, and I think that also speaks to, there's a little bit in there for everybody. Um, It jumps all over the place with its tone and with its, like, themes. But then it all just comes back to the fact that it is all so unmistakably Star Wars. Totally. They really, I'm glad that they took a step back, went back to the beginning like, the origin of Star Wars and said, okay, like, how, like, what do we need to take out of this? It's not the nostalgia. It's not the characters that everyone loves. It's what built Star Wars. It's how did George Lucas build Star Wars from things that he was inspired by. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it really demonstrates when you strip everything away, like, and you just go back to, like, the the structure like how we built star wars like you can 
build so many other beautiful stories. And I think that's what makes us as fans still so invested in it because you can transform it in so many ways and there's always something that you can take out of it. Good Star Wars is good when it's good. Yeah, I love when Star Wars is good. Like, like <laughs> we love to love Star Wars. Like, <laughs> thank you for letting us love this yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> I'm really glad that you were like, all right, you guys can like this. <laughs> like, yeah, as a treat. <laughs> good job, Lucasfilm, yeah. giving you a pat on the back. I hope that they learn from the response with this. Oh yeah, and we see more of this when it comes mm-hmm. to their new content me too hope so and and that goes for indie also it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see the first indie stuff out of Lucasfilm since the acquisition that's interesting phoebe waller bridge yeah and there's rumors that phoebe waller bridge will be taking over the indie franchise after this movie i would love to see it yeah yeah nothing is going to make the fanboys more angry. Yeah, I know. And I think that's so it's funny. It's so exciting. Oh, man. <laughs> She's so good. Like, she is the queen. All right, so <laughs> as a reminder, my favorite episodes were 4, 5, 8, and 9. So The Village Bride, The Ninth Jedi, Lapin Ocho, and Akakari. Yeah, and mine were um, three, four, six, seven, which so the twins, the village bride, uh, Toby, and the elder. I think it's so fascinating that we only have one in common. I think I, I need to like I so I rewatched some of them. I haven't actually rewatched all of them, and I do want to go back because, like I said, the first time around, I think I was distracted by how it looked, and like that's my fault as an animator. Like that's what I like look at um, most of the time, especially in something like this where the style changes every episode, so I get distracted. It's not like Rebels where it's like the same thing for four seasons like I don't get as distracted by it no but like that's super interesting because you bring that perspective and it makes it like visually like really exciting to watch Mm -hmm. totally and like I I told my um my college friends who like did animation school with me like to watch this and one of my friends I was like this is totally up your alley like I know you're not into Star Wars but this is for you. And he watched it and he loved it. And it's interesting to me that this is kind of like his intro to Star Wars. I think maybe he's seen some of the movies. I'm not actually sure. But like this is like his like intro into Star Wars. I That's so interesting. Yeah. I never thought about this being like somebody's intro. It totally will be. Yeah. And, like, what a way to be introduced, because, like, yeah. this is, like, Star Wars at its purest form. Totally. And, like, I had an Uber driver the other day who knew nothing about Star Wars, but they were an anime fan. So I was telling them about this, because it was before it came out. So it's interesting that that person might go watch this, too. Like, I don't know if they did, but it'll be interesting to see how, like, maybe anime fans find their way into enjoying Star Wars. So where would you send people after this, if this was their intro? Probably to the original trilogy. Probably to A New Hope, I think. 
That would I think that would make the most sense because thematically, not the sequel trilogy. Yeah. yeah, not the sequel trilogy. Oh man, I don't think I could pick a favorite. I'm sitting here like looking at my top four, and I'm like, I don't know, because I love them all for like different reasons. I don't know. Probably the Village Bride. I mean, I did a fan art from the Village Bride. So, you did Haru. So cute. Yeah. Oh man. I feel like I really want to say it's Akakari because I'm like obsessed with everything about it, but yeah. <laughs> it might be it might be Lapanocho because the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, wow, that's so cute. I don't know. He <laughs> stars. I, I mean, you are a furry, right? Oh my god. <laughs> well, you picked the one that has Haru in it, which is also a bunny. So who's yeah. the furry now? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm into cars, you know that. I'm in gear hub. <laughs> All right, so that is going to do it for this episode. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed Visions. I would love to hear um, which ones your favorites were, why you loved them, all that fun stuff. If you would like to keep the conversation going, we are pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon, and Alex is at Alex Leonis, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.